Welcome to Beyond the Bridge with psychic medium and animal communicator, Samantha Jones. We are glad you are here and hope you enjoy the next hour where Samantha and her guests will help connect you to the magic of the universe, as well as to your loved ones and pets, both here and beyond the bridge. And now, Samantha Jones. Hello, friends, and welcome to this week's episode of Beyond the Bridge. I am your host, Samantha Jones, and I'm so glad that you're here today. I hope you're all having a beautiful, uh, what is it, June 14th? Yes, it is. It's actually my husband's birthday. So while I'm giving you the date, I'm going to say happy birthday to my wonderful husband today. I hope that you have a wonderful birthday, babe. Last week, we did the topic, Love is Love. And I did get a lot of messages from this, actually two people came out to me and, or messaged me and said that they came out this last week. And I, I don't have permission to say who it was, so I'm not going to, but I just want you guys to know that I'm so happy for you. And anybody else that didn't message me but actually felt confident enough to come out after that show, I'm, I'm so glad and I'm so proud of all of you. So this week, we are talking about daddy issues. And if you remember from Mother's Day, I did the When Mom's a Problem episode. And so Father's Day is this weekend. And so that's why I'm doing this daddy issues episode. I work with a lot of people, but mostly women in particular, that have these daddy issues. This episode is probably going to be geared more towards women that have daddy issues. But if you are a man and you're listening, please take into consideration that this has just as much to do with you as it does the women. It's not something that is, you know, discriminatory. It, it hits both sexes. It's, it's something that we all feel. Many of you have probably grown up in a home with a father who may have been absent either physically or psychologically. And as a result, you've most likely ended up with some kind of daddy issues. Those aren't the only reasons why we suffer daddy issues, though. Sometimes it is that the father might be too overbearing, or there's a whole lot of reasons why it can happen. But it seems that most of the time, it's because the father is absent one way or another. We hear the term, like I said, used a lot in reference to women, but it does affect men as well. Daddy issues in adults are caused by an ongoing need for understanding, love, support, and the approval that you didn't receive in your childhood. You're looking for it somewhere else. And these needs can transfer into bad relationships, bad relationship decisions during adulthood. So a lot of times you will see women that find bad relationships, often even abusive relationships, because it's either filling the spot of what they felt that a father would fill or it's making them feel loved. There's there's other reasons, but those I think are probably the main reasons of why those things happen. Uh, just a few of the signs, and we'll talk about this more later, but so you know, if this is something where you're like, well, maybe I'm not sure if I have these daddy issues or not, but some of the signs that you might be struggling with this are trust issues, especially with men, having a fear of rejection or abandonment issues, um, clinginess in a relationship, even jealousy and possessiveness. You might suffer yourself from things like low self-esteem, persistent anger issues, stress, worry, anxiety, depression. There's a lot of things that these so-called daddy issues bring on. Uh, they can majorly affect your relationship with people as an adult, especially in a like spouse type relationship or somebody, you know, 
husband, wife, that type of thing. So for as for me, I haven't talked a lot about my daddy issues on this show, but this is something that I relate to very, very much. I grew up with a very, very different, weird type of situation, and I hope to not confuse anybody with this, but I had a lot of male influences in my life, but only one of which was actually a good father figure type. So I was raised to believe that a man named John was my father. I didn't find out until about a year and a half ago that he wasn't my father and that my father is a man named Mark. And I learned this through Ancestry. That's a very long story. If you haven't heard that story yet, I talked about it a lot on Spiritual Philosophy Chatter, the show that I have with my husband. And we started talking about it, I think, oh, November 2021. So if you're interested in hearing that story, maybe go back and listen to some of those episodes because it is a really long story. But anyway, so I have these two dads, right? And I felt my whole life that John was my father. So I went about thinking that that's where my my daddy issues are as far as my father is concerned, because he is the one that affected my childhood, not Mark. My mother raised me to believe that men only wanted relationships with women that were sexual, that um, gave them what they wanted, what they needed, and that when they were no longer serving the man's purpose, that he left. It was very hard for me, even in adulthood, even now, sometimes it's very strange when I see fathers that stick around for their kids that are, you know, devoted to their, to their spouse. They are there for their kids. I find that to be, at least in my life and what I've been through, that's not the norm. That's not what I saw. That's not what I've seen from most men that have surrounded me in my life. So that's very unusual to me. My husband is one of those. He fought for full custody of his daughter. He has fought so hard for her. And I envy that. He's like one of those guys that I go, okay, if there's if there's you, there has to be others. And my brother-in-law, Jared, he's another wonderful uh, example of this. He's raised a child since she was very young that's not even biologically his as his own. He adopted her. And these men are amazing. But... For every one of them, I don't even know how many of these dads that aren't like that there are, but there's more of those, of the ones that don't fulfill our needs, the ones that leave at times when they're needed around. So my mom and John divorced when I was two years old. One of my very earliest memories in life, period, but my first memory of John is him trying to pick me up from my mother's. I think I was probably like three or four. And he's trying to pick me up and she's fighting with him. And so he just goes to leave and he takes, he has my sweater in his hand and he's walking away from me and he throws my sweater down on the ground and I'm crying and chasing after him. Daddy, daddy. And this is, this is my earliest memory. Really? Like, Come on. <laughs> that sucks. That really sucks for that to not just be your first memory, but your first memory of your father or the man that you raised to believe was your father. There's um, that Elton John movie that he did about his life. And at one point, his father is walking down uh, the pathway in front of the house. And it got me because that was just how I felt. Just the, the look I saw in that kid's eyes was like, why are you leaving me? What did I do? I didn't do anything. You know, you're too young to really process all of that, but you know, I don't understand. 
I was looking forward to daddy picking me up. And now he's not because mommy yelled at him and they got in a fight. And it's just really hard for children to understand this. But because my mother was the one that provided the care for me besides my grandparents and John was not involved, I believed my mother. I believed everything that she said about him, which was that he was an abusive alcoholic and that he didn't love me and he didn't love her and that he went about his life and he was happy and wanted nothing to do with us. And that's that's basically what I thought. He tried and made attempts to be a part of my life, but she really didn't let him do that. And seeing now that she knew that he, he that John wasn't my biological father, I understand that. But it did a lot more damage to me than if she would have just told me the truth from the beginning and just said, this man's not your father. Stop trying to have a relationship with him. But that's not what happened. And when I was about, mm, I think Justin was born already, so probably 10, he picked me up. John picked me up and took me out for the day. He took me to a friend of his house and they had kids and we went swimming and it was a good day. The, the day was great. What I didn't notice was that he had been drinking. And when it was time to take me home, he put me in the car with himself, who was driving drunk, his friend, who was also drunk, and myself in a two-seater car. I was in the passenger seat sitting on this man's lap, already at that age, having major trust issues with men. And I have no seatbelt on, and John's racing through traffic, just weaving in and out of traffic. I know now he's been drinking. I can smell it. I can I can sense it. And that is what finally did it for me, where I said, nope, I'm not doing this. This is not healthy for me. So I decided at 10 years old that I didn't want anything to do with him. And it stayed that way until I was 18 years old. And then I decided, you know what? I need to figure this out for myself if this man is really somebody that I should have in my life or not. And so my mom kept playing along with the fact that he was my father and found him and invited him to my graduation slash 18th birthday party. And he was great. He was very interactive. He wanted to know about my life. You know, he gave me a really nice birthday present. And uh, my boyfriend at the time, who ended up being my first husband, he um, told him, I'll help you with tires because he worked at a tire shop. Like, he was just really, really awesome. And then before I moved to Las Vegas, my ex-husband and I went out to dinner with John and his wife, Martha. And I started seeing the things that my mom was talking about. And he started talking about how my mom tried to keep me from him and how she was always talking bad about him to me, which was true. Uh, but she was the one that was there for me, even though she wasn't the greatest mom. She was the one that made sure that my needs were met for 18 years, that even if she couldn't provide that I had grandparents that could, that she didn't abandon me. And here's a man sitting there telling me all these things about my mother that I didn't want to hear. And it was just like, nope, uh, -uh not doing this. So that was really the end of our relationship. Um, I found out in 2013 that he passed away. In I think it was 2010, not sure. Uh, but yeah, he passed away. And so when I learned about my abilities, I did start communicating with him. But it never really came up that he wasn't my father. I guess this had to kind of play out the way that it was supposed to. But he did go to his grave believing that he was my father. And he did not put that effort in. He did not try and work towards a relationship with his daughter, who he thought was his daughter at least, because the mother made life difficult. 
And that happens a lot. And it's very unfair to the child when that happens on both sides. Because I understand how my, or John, how he didn't want to deal with Linda anymore. She was a lot and probably made his life miserable. So on one hand, I can understand why he would be like, this isn't worth my time. She's making my life miserable. But on the other hand, if he truly believed that I was biologically his daughter, he should have fought for me. He should have done something. Oh, you know what? He did do something. And you guys are going to love this. I was taken away by CPS when I was 11 years old and he tried to get custody. And I was like, no, I am not going to live with him. Like my grandparents were hard to live with because of the generation gap. But this was a man I didn't even know. And he was now in court trying to get custody of me. And then all of a sudden it just went away. So my assumption has always been my grandparents paid him off. But whether he went away on his own or they paid him off, it that's the way it was supposed to be because it just would have done more damage. Now. Mark, the man that I is actually my biological father, he's a whole other story. And we have a few minutes before the break. So I'll tell you this story real quick. Um, I really tried with him when I learned that I had a father, a biological father that I didn't know about. Thankfully, out of this, I got a sister who's wonderful and we have a great relationship. But unfortunately, my relationship with Mark is not what I thought it would be. I think I expected some fairy tale. I expected this man that didn't know that I existed and all of a sudden we have each other. But that's not what happened. He knew I existed. My my mother had told him about me shortly after I was born. She asked for them to meet up and they did. And he showed, she showed him a picture of me and said, this is Samantha, she's your daughter. And you don't have to have anything to do with her. I'm going to take care of everything. Linda did give him an out, but he did not need to take that out. He took that out because he was an alcoholic and because he was very young. And this is coming from him. I'm not speculating. This, This came from him. He was young and he was an alcoholic and he didn't know how he would go about raising a child at that point. And him and my mother were not meant to be together. So I actually really appreciate the fact that he did not stick around because he would have, it would have made things even worse because of his alcoholism and the type of person that he was. He's a hunter and I'm an animal communicator. It just would not have worked, you know? Um, So I'm thankful for that. And I'm thankful now to know who my biological father is, but I don't look at him as my father. He's the sperm donor. Um, I don't have a father is the way that I look at it. The one that I call dad will always be John because he is the one that I was at least raised that and he was called dad. He was called the father, whatever it was. But but Mark wasn't. And I've really tried. Like I said, I've tried to have a relationship with Mark. Um, It's I don't hold anything against him. I don't have any resentment for him leaving. I actually like I said, I appreciate it. But he doesn't have an interest in getting to know his daughter. He doesn't ask me questions about myself. He just talks about himself. And then when he falls off the wagon, he takes it out on me, just like my mother did. And so I won't do it. I really won't do it. But if I would have been a child, I wouldn't have known. I could have just walked away from him. I wouldn't have known at five, six, seven years old that this man shouldn't be doing this kind of damage to me because he's my father. And you believe that your parents are supposed 
supposed to protect you. You believe that your parents want to have kids, that when you know this this happened, this was an accident. I was purely, purely an accident. My mom and John were separated at the time. And when she found out she was pregnant, they got back together and she passed me off as her own child. So that's how that went. So obviously a lot of it was her problem, her issues, but the men that knew you have this daughter, you have this little girl that needs a father. And both of them went, no, thanks. And went running. And that is what I was raised to believe that fathers do. When I look at a family with a father that is really happy and they're in his marriage, I believe it's fake. And that's not the case because I do know that there are fathers that are not like that. But because of my damage, and I'm sure that there's a lot of you listening right now that can relate to that, that you look at happy families and you go, how is that possible? Are you hiding things? Is, you know, what's going on? Is this real? Because you didn't have that. You don't know what it's like to have a mother and a father together to see that kind of love and interaction. And that's very sad. And it's not supposed to be that way. It's really not. So let's go ahead and take a break now. When we come back, we're going to talk more about how these daddy issues affect us uh, and how what we can do about them, what we can do to try and help ourselves, because it really doesn't have to be like this. And we don't have to grow up taking these things into our relationships and being in unhealthy relationships. So let's go ahead and take our break. We will be right back. Everyone stay tuned. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Have you ever suffered grief from the loss of a loved one or pet? Do you ask yourself questions like where did they go and what are they doing? Do you have guilt for things left unsaid or feel the need for answers about the loss you never received? Join Samantha Jones, psychic medium and animal communicator, every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, where her and her guests will discuss all things beyond the bridge. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Welcome back to Beyond the Bridge with Samantha Jones. Have a question for Samantha or her guests? Or would you like a reading? 
Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now, back to the show with Samantha. Welcome back to Beyond the Bridge, everyone. Today we are talking about daddy issues, and I know that this is a subject that a lot of you can relate to. For a lot of us, we didn't just have this biological father or whatever you want to call my situation. We also had stepfathers, and I did have a stepfather and a step-grandfather, and I am not going to get into any of that today, but they were just as bad of role models as the rest of them my step-grandfather, actually probably the worst. Um, The one man in my life that I actually could count on was my other step-grandfather, Bob. He was my grandmother's second husband. And he was the one man in my life that I felt showed me that a man can be loving and care about his wife and his kids. However, As I grew up, I found out that he had an affair. Him and my grandmother had an affair, and that's how they ended up together. And they ruined two families doing that. His family had three girls, and my grandmother had two. And that was hard to grasp because this is a man that I looked at as somebody that was probably the only man that showed me good things. I tried not to hold it against him. I really didn't. I mean, you know, it happens. I don't know why it happened, why they fell in love, but it was meant to be. They were a beautiful couple. And I know that my real grandfather, my mom's biological father, and there's another one that was absent, um, was not a good person. So I never really held that against Bob at all. He's the one man that I really, really feel helped me to be able to somewhat have normal relationships with men because what happens when we have these daddy issues and when we don't have a man in our life growing up is we don't know how to have those types of relationships. And it makes us seek something, seek a lot of things, but sometimes it's things that we don't even know why we're looking for those things. So for example, if you have these daddy issues, you might, if if you're a woman, even for a man, you might be attracted to somebody that is older than you. And this is because you are trying to find that daddy in somebody, somebody that can protect you and provide for you like a father should like a father should have. You may believe that older men can give you the affection, the financial stability, whatever it is that you missed as a child. And so a lot of times you will date somebody that's older than you. This has been a norm for me, but my husband now is the one that's been the oldest and he's six years older than me. And I really don't think it's that big of a difference. I think for women, that's good. There's nothing wrong with dating somebody that's older than you, even for men to date an older woman. What's wrong with that? Uh, But if you do see that there's issues in the relationship that maybe are some of these daddy issues, then that could be why you were attracted to older men. You may also have a history of choosing abusive men. Some women with these daddy issues find themselves in relationship after relationship with abusive partners. And this can result from having subconscious desire to mend a broken relationship with your dysfunctional or absent father. But you uh, you may only be attracted to these type of people, to the abusive or self-absorbed people that represent your father who you want to please so badly, right? Because isn't that what this is all about? is that we want to have that validation. We want to have that love. And a lot of times that does come from pleasing 
our parents. You might also be afraid to be alone. A lot of people with these issues jump from one romantic relationship to the next without any real connection and are often afraid to be alone. This is definitely something that I found. I was in one relationship after the next until I was 34 years old, I think. Yeah, 34 years old. And when I I got divorced, I did date for a little while. And then I realized that I had these issues. I realized that I was being clingy and jumping from relationship to relationship. And I actually even had a psychic tell me, you fall in and out of love really quick. But the thing is, is it wasn't love. It was this need for something that I didn't have anywhere else in my life. I mean, some of it was love, but a lot of it, those those small relationships where you don't even have time, but you still think that they're love, that wasn't love. That was searching for something, searching for something that I never felt that I wanted to feel in somebody else. Uh, But you may be afraid to be alone, too. And so you're willing to settle for any kind of relationship, even if it's one that's abusive or unhealthy, because it still feels better than being alone for a lot of people that had these issues. Your relationships may be tumultuous, tumultuous, oh my gosh, tumultuous, I can talk, and um, be toxic also. And you might find that you're constantly anxious and searching for the next relationship, searching for the right person. Even when you're in a relationship, you might be searching for the next one, the right one, because you don't feel like the one you're with is right, but you can't possibly be alone. When I went through that time in my divorce, after my divorce, and I was dating, I, I decided to stop. I decided to stop dating for, I think it was like eight months or so. And it was some of the clearest months of my life where I just allowed myself to be me and to learn who I was and to realize that I'm okay being alone because that was it when I went through my divorces. I was like, can I be alone? Can I do this by myself? I didn't think I could. I don't know why, but I didn't. So going through that time of being single helped me to learn about myself and to learn that I can be by myself and I'm okay by myself. And what that has done is it's made it so that now the relationship that I'm in, now my marriage, I don't stay here because I feel like I don't want to be alone or because I have to. I stay here because I truly love him and because I feel like we're soulmates and we should be together. And it's a different kind of love than I've experienced in any other kind of in any other relationship I've been in. Because I've changed the way that I look at relationships. I've changed the way that I look at how things should be. It felt normal. And I'm sure a lot of you will relate to this. It felt normal to be in relationships where you were treated like shit, basically. Where there was, you know, the man was in control or whatever it was that made them seem like they were your father figures. That you just stayed there and you just dealt with this. And no matter what went on, it was like, well, this is the way it goes. But you know what? No, it's not the way it goes. Because I can tell you from now changing my perception and changing myself and looking differently at relationships that it's not supposed to be that way. You're not supposed to feel these things in a relationship. You're not supposed to be abused or in any way, emotionally, physically, in any way. These things are not healthy and it's not what the universe wants us to have in our relationships. So that's why I feel like that time that I was single was so important. And I tell people, men included, I tell them, after you go through a divorce, take some time. Take some time to get to know yourself and to deal with your daddy issues, your mommy issues, whatever it is. I'm not saying I've dealt with all of my daddy issues because I definitely have not. But 
that single time did help me to recognize about being alone and that I didn't need a man in my life to make me feel complete. And before I felt like I did, I felt like if you didn't have somebody that society shunned you for that. My mom always wanted to have somebody. She went from boyfriend to boyfriend to boyfriend and then met my stepfather. And I met these men that she dated and she would, we would, you know, like start a relationship and then they would be gone. And it was so confusing for me to understand. It really just made it look like my mother was being honest when she told me the way that men were, this is how they are and this is what they want. But because the men kept leaving and because she wasn't giving me any kind of understanding as to why they were leaving, it just seemed normal. So in relationships, it seemed normal as well. Some women also grow up with that dysfunctional, that have that dysfunctional father-daughter relationship, feel that sex can offer them the love that they didn't receive as a child. You may believe that regular or perhaps excessive amounts of sex will make your partner love you more. You might try using sex to build your self-esteem or to feel accomplished and good about yourself. Some women will go the complete opposite direction. This is the way that I went. I, um, I have mentioned that I was sexually abused by two different men. And so I feel that those issues, not just that I had with those two men, but also the daddy issues that I faced made me, and what my mom said, made me believe that in order for a man to love you, you had to have sex with him as much as he wanted. And that's not the case at all. That's not how this works, but that's what I thought. And so I started having sex at a very young age and I, I look back now and I wish that I wouldn't. I really wish that I wouldn't, but I see how it happened that way. I see how that, what I was taught, and I'm sure that there are some of you that can relate to this, especially if you were sexually abused. What I was taught, because I didn't have a father, was that this father figure that was, that were the two that were sexually abusive to me, that's how they showed attention. That's how they showed you that they loved you was with the physical attention. And so that's what I learned. I learned that if you love somebody, you show them that physical attention. And so when the, the sexual abuse finally stopped, it messed with my head. It really messed with my head. And this is something that not a lot of people that have been sexually abused talk about. Uh, if you've ever watched the Michael Jackson thing, what was it called? Leaving Neverland. I can tell you for certain that the boys that accused him of that were telling the truth because they said things that a person that wasn't sexually abused would never understand. You'll never understand why all of a sudden your body goes, but you've been having this for so long that you need it, even though it was wrong, even though it was an adult giving this to you. It doesn't make a lot of sense to you because you're a child, but this is what it does for some women like I said, it goes the opposite way, where maybe if it was really badly forced on you or it felt really dirty to you or whatever, that you feel like sex is dirty. And in order to not have to deal with men in that way, you just don't. You just completely push it away. Don't want anything to do with it. I was cleaning out some stuff the other day, and I've kept a lot of things from my childhood because I know I'm going to write a book. And one of them was a psychiatric evaluation that I had when it was from my psychiatrist. I have a copy of all of this um, when I was going through being taken away by CPS. And some of the things that it said in that really, really got to me. 
about not having a father figure. Like they recognized it. They recognized that what I was going through a lot was because I didn't have a father figure. But one of the things that they pointed out in there is that I started being tomboyish. And it said specifically that I said I was doing this to protect myself. And you know what? I did do that for quite some time. It it did make me feel like if I made myself more boyish, then these boys wouldn't want to be attracted to me. Because once the kids in school found out what I was going through and that I had been sexually abused, then the boys were like, oh, really? So that means she's easy then. Like, really, no joke. That's what the kids in school thought. Um I was harassed. I was bullied because these boys thought I was easy because they found out I was being sexually abused. This is what a lot of young women go through and men don't even realize that we've been through it. This is why I do these episodes because I feel it right now. I feel that there's some of you going, oh my gosh, (laughs) like I never looked at it this way. It's not your fault. It's not your fault that all of these men treated you like this whether it was a father, a stepfather, grandfather, a boyfriend, husband, whatever it was, it's not your fault. You didn't have that kind of support growing up to know what you needed as a child. And so how are you supposed to know what you need being an adult? How are you supposed to know what a healthy father-daughter relationship looks like And so how do you know what a healthy relationship is supposed to look like? My mother was definitely not a good role model when it came to relationships. She was always yelling at people, my stepdad, the guys that she dated, always yelling at them and just, you know, would hold things against them. I even saw my grandma do that. My grandfather, like I said, I just, I love, I love Bob so much. He's like one of the best men. And I I have this home video of him, like being silly with my grandma and my grandma just giving him this face. Like, if you don't get that camera out of my face, you know, (laughs) these women were, they were kind of aggressive and, and I'm not, you know, standing up for them or anything in this case, because it didn't need to be that way. But anyways, I lost my train of thought on that one, but I see. I think that you all see where I'm going with this. I think that you can see that these relationships, when we aren't taught what's right. Now I remember where I was going with this. When we're not taught what's right and what's wrong, we don't know ourselves. So we have to somehow figure it out. And if you don't have an adult figure to talk to, or you you know don't even know yourself that you're battling these things, because I had no idea. I thought I was just a normal person going through these relationships that had so much drama in them, not realizing that they had so much drama in them because my my childhood had so much drama, and there was no no man to show me what a relationship was supposed to be like. I didn't see affection in a husband and wife relationship except for my grandparents. But they were different to me. You know, they were older. They were an older generation. I feel like, well, maybe they got it more, you know, but like my mom's generation, I never saw those people, those couples being affectionate with each other. So I really didn't know like how to actually be affectionate, like hold hands and just be loved by somebody. You you don't know how to be loved by a man if you weren't loved by a man growing up. So it's not your fault. So Let's go ahead and take a break here in just a minute so that when we come back, we can talk about how, how do we get through this now? Now that we know we have all these daddy issues and we've faced them throughout our lives, how do we let go of it so that we can have normal relationships? Because really, I think that not everybody has childhood trauma, but for the most part, I believe 99% of us do. 
And I believe it happens because we are supposed to go through these experiences. And then when we get older, those experiences teach us things and we heal from them or we're supposed to heal from them. But a lot of us don't. So we need to learn how. How do we heal from damage that somebody else did or from something that you never even knew existed? So when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about that. And if anybody would like to call in and if you have any stories or anything you'd like to share about um, your daddy issues, I would love to hear those. I'm sure our other listeners would as well. That number is 888-346-9141. And we will take those calls after the break if you'd like to call in. So stay tuned, everyone. We will be right back after these brief messages. Birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to dish out success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Whether it's personal growth, building a better business, or inspirational life stories, make it a daily habit to tune into our programs. From weight loss and personal branding to law of attraction and increased happiness, you'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Life can be confusing at times. There can be uncertainty, disappointment, and an inability to clearly see where you're headed. But it doesn't have to be this way at all if you understand how to take the next step in your life. Tune in to Living the Miracle with your hosts, Michael and Raphael Tamora. We'll help you to find the deeper meaning that awaits you in your life, have certainty in yourself, and learn to be clairvoyant. Listen Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Welcome back to Beyond the Bridge with Samantha Jones. Have a question for Samantha or her guests, or would you like a reading? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now, back to the show with Samantha. Welcome back to Beyond the Bridge, everyone. Thank you so much for being here today. Today, we are talking about daddy issues. But before we get back to our topic, I have two announcements that I wanted to make. The first one is that next week, Mike, I'm going to have a guest. And I've talked about her before in the last couple of weeks. Her name is Sunny, and she's a medium. And what Sunny does is while she's channeling your loved one that has passed away, she draws them. And so I've actually purchased one of 
her drawings and she says that she's going to have it done by Friday. So I'm excited to see it. And then she's going to be on the show and we're going to talk about the drawing she did for me and what she can do for everybody. And, and I'm very excited to have her on. The other thing that I wanted to announce, and this is very exciting, but very nerve wracking for me at the same time, is that last week I was offered my own television show. So starting later in this year, probably towards the end of summer, I will have a television show. So keep an eye out for that. I don't have any details on that right now. It'll probably be similar to what I do here, although I would like to focus a lot on animals because they don't have anybody on this network that focuses on animals. So I will keep you informed of what's going on there, but stay tuned for updates. So going back to our episode now of daddy issues. So if you have these daddy issues and you want to get over them, which is really the what we should be doing, how do you do that? Well, first of all, I really feel like the most important thing is that you have to learn to love yourself. If you don't love yourself, it's very hard to expect a person to love you the right way. And if you don't love yourself the right way, you're not going to put up the boundaries that say, you need to treat me this way because this isn't the way that I should be treated. And I don't mean that in an arrogant type of way. I just mean that there are certain things in relationships that are not healthy and that if you put up these boundaries you will find healthier relationships. But if you've never had to put up these boundaries before, how do you you know, even know about going about doing that? But self-love is really the most important thing. Uh, how to go about doing that? Just become your own best friend. Spend time alone. Spend time in reflection of your life, talking to yourself, getting to know yourself better, trying different things you've never tried before. Whatever it is that makes you understand that you are your own unique person and you deserve to be loved the right way. That's what self-love is. And it's very, very important. You also, it's important that we face the issues, that we face what we've been through. If we just sit there and say, you know, okay, well, these happen, these things happen, but it's not a big deal. And I don't hold resentment. Well, that's, that may be true. Like, I don't hold resentment against Mark and the fact that he walked away from me as a baby. I really don't because my life turned out better, but it doesn't mean that I don't have abandonment issues and other things based on that. So we still have to work on those issues that we have and face them in order to, to work on them. Something that is very hard to do, but I do feel like it is important, is that you confront those father figures in your life that did these things that made you feel this way. John has passed away and but we have worked on this. We have talked about this and I feel okay about things. Um I still don't agree with what he did because he did believe that he was my biological father. If if Linda would have told him that he wasn't and he would have left then then that's one thing. My actual biological father, I have confronted him and I have told him how I feel. And um, that is pretty much the end of that. We say happy birthday and, you know, that kind of thing. And that's okay. That's fine because it's not a healthy relationship. Um, this part of my spiritual awakening has been based on relationships with men. So I've been going through a spiritual awakening for about five years. And like the first two and a half, three years, it felt like I dealt with the issues that my mother caused. But for the last year and a half or so, I've been dealing with the damage that men have caused, not just my 
father, biological or not, stepfather, any of those, just in general, the damage that was caused to me by men. Um, that was very, very hard for me to look at. And when I went into this, because I did know that this is what I was walking into, I knew it was time to deal with the relationships I had with men. Walking into this, I had a completely different idea of what was going to happen. I thought that coming out the other side of this, I was going to respect men more, that I was going to see that, okay, maybe it's not so bad. But to be very honest with you, I don't respect men any more than I did before I went on this journey of healing my daddy issues. I actually have less. Um, and that's that's tough. And that's not reflected towards the people in my life that are good men. You know who you are, my husband, my brother. You, you guys know who you are, Jared. Not reflecting those people. This is reflecting the people that have caused the major damage and that something needed to be addressed with this. And I needed to look at all of these relationships. And I watched some TV programs that I shouldn't have about men. Um, the Bill Cosby one, I think. Oh, it was a Playboy one. That's what it was. Pushed me over the edge about what was going on at the Playboy Mansion. And I realized that, oh my gosh, this is like a big problem. And so I didn't come out of this. I'm at the tail end of this part of my journey, I feel. I didn't come out of this with more respect for men. And, and that's not what I what I wanted. But I did come out of this with more respect for myself. With seeing that I've made mistakes, my mistakes from my own trauma, but my own mistakes because I didn't know any better. I didn't know that these relationships that I were in, was in were codependent or unhealthy or abusive or whatever they were. I wasn't looking at it that way because that was normal. So when I finally faced all of this and started going through this, it really opened up my eyes to the fact that I don't really feel like these men did any of this stuff on purpose. I don't feel like John or Mark or my stepdad or stepgrandfather, any of those people did the things that they did to me because of who I am as a person. And I'm saying this because I want each and every one of you listening that have daddy issues to know that it's not because of you. It's because of them. It's because how they were brought up. So going on this healing journey, it has really changed my perception of um, of men in general, and that they too have damage that we don't a lot of times talk about. We talk about, you know, the girls have their daddy issues or whatever, but a lot of times the men have their daddy issues. And what they do is they just continue to spread that on and on. So in this meditation that I've been doing, I, I don't even talk about that. So this is a meditation that I've been doing for like a year and a half now where I go into this and I deal with the men in my life and I have conversations with them and stuff. Um, past or not, it helps me to heal things. I'm making this suggestion to you because I want to tell you something that I did this morning that I found very healing since we're talking about things that work. When I do these meditations, I put on music that reminds me of the people or the situation that I'm trying to, wherever this issue is that I'm trying to deal with. So that's what I did this morning. I took my shower and I listened to the music that reminded me of these father figure type men in my life. And when I felt relaxed enough, I pictured these men surrounding me. And there were two songs that I put on. And so, you know, cause you can use this stuff, use it. It's, it's good. It really helps me. So maybe it'll help you too. 
Uh, there's two songs, Not Ready to Make Nice by The Chicks and Are You Happy Now by Michelle Branch. And I listened to those songs. And what I did while those songs were on is I pictured this circle of all of the men in my life that caused damage to me at one point or another. I pictured them in a big circle around me. And I went up to each one of them and I sang them lyrics in the song that stood for them, that made me feel, you did this to me. You made me feel this way. But when I was done, when I was totally done with that meditation, I felt like a huge weight was lifted off my shoulders. Like, okay, even the ones that are still alive, they didn't hear what I had to say because it was my own meditation. But in my mind, I told them what I needed to say. And that's very healing. So going into these types of meditations and learning to kind of put yourself into these like trances or it's almost like a daydream, but imagining yourself talking to the person that did this kind of damage to you, telling them how you feel, whether it's in song lyrics or in your own words, getting it out of you is the point. Because if you keep it trapped inside, you can't really heal from it. So as far as those types of things go, any of this goes, if anybody would like any help, feel free to reach out to me, but I'd love to share more of like my meditation and how I do this because I do find it very healing. Uh, I did this with my mother too, where it was like, I would just confront her in my meditations and, and the spirits, they don't say anything. They just stand there and they listen, you know, and, and when you're imagining people that are still alive, they're not going to speak back to you either. If you, you know, and you're, your daydream, they're not. So it is a very healing way of going about this. Some people can't do that or don't want to do that. So what else can you do? Well, there's therapy. Absolutely. Talking to somebody, just getting it out is good for you. Nowadays, there's online therapy. There's also like different courses that you can take. If you feel like you have certain issues in your life, you can take these like, these like, therapy classes. And so don't be afraid to look those types of things up because they will help you. I found for myself that like my own work that I do, um, I mean, I have like the universe that's kind of like the therapist in my head all the time, but I feel like when I self-reflect and when I'm really, really honest with myself, that's when things start to heal the most. So I don't necessarily think you have to have a therapist, but some of these online things that I'm talking about, these like workbooks, worksheets, they will really help. So if you're think that that might be an option for you, have a look at it. Also being okay with being alone. That goes back to the self-love really is understanding that it's better to be alone than to be in a relationship where you feel abused, neglected, or in any way, shape or form, like you're being mistreated you might not even realize that you're being mistreated because of what you've been through. It might just feel normal. So that's where taking a step back and looking at the situation, talking to your friends, you know, if your friends tell you, I don't like this person that you're with, then maybe you should listen to them. That was something that I always had a hard time with. I always thought, oh, my friends are just jealous, you know, and, and I dated this guy once that all of my friends told me, just let it go not healthy for you, let it go. And I didn't see it. It took me quite some time to let go of it. And when I finally did, I was like, oh, your friends were right. They're right. So um, listen to the people around you. If they're telling you that you're in an unhealthy relationship, you're probably in an unhealthy relationship, even if you can't see it. This morning, one of my friends posted this on Facebook and it kind of went with the topic today. And that is don't walk away to teach the personal lesson. Walk away because you have finally learned yours. 
if nothing else worked with if your father's still in your life or these other father figures or whoever that did this damage to you, if there's nothing that you can do to try and, you know, make it better or repair a relationship, if you need to repair a relationship, never feel like you can't walk away just because the person is family. Because just because it's family, just because it's blood doesn't mean that it's allowed to be toxic to you. This is your life. And even though your dad or whoever might have done some damage to you, that doesn't have to be your identity. It doesn't have to mean that you are never going to be in a healthy relationship or that you're always going to seek somebody that treats you like they're your father instead of like they're your spouse. It doesn't have to be that way, but you have to love yourself enough to allow yourself to heal and to not look at your father or whoever it was that did this as the one that, sh- that they did this. And so they should fix it. Because if you wait for them to fix it, you're most likely going to wait forever because they're not going to. That's just the way it goes. So you have to fix yourself and you can't expect that they're going to change those father figures. They'll probably remain the same type of people that they've always been because they're not working on themselves. But you work on yourself. You see those daddy issues in you or whatever it is, mommy issues, whatever issues you have, recognize those in yourself. Be honest about them to yourself and say, I don't want this anymore. I want to be happy. I want to be in a healthy relationship where I don't feel like I'm seeking things that I never had. And that's why I'm staying with this person. You deserve that. You are a beautiful person. Each and every one of you is a beautiful individual human being, and you deserve love and respect no matter what you went through in your childhood. So take some time to heal. If I can be of any help, please come and talk to me. I would love to be able to help you. I've I've been through it. I understand. And and sometimes it is hard to find people that understand. And I do feel like the people that have similar experiences to me are drawn to me. So you might be listening right now going, I'd like to reach out to her, but I'm scared. You were brought to me for a reason. So please don't feel afraid to reach out to me. That's what I'm here for. So that's all we have time for today, everyone. Like I said, next week, we are going to have Medium Sunny on the show, and I'm very excited about that. In the meantime, if you'd like to find me or learn more about me, you can uh, visit my website, samanthajonespsychicmedium.com. So until next week, everyone, I hope that you have a beautiful week and peace and love. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Beyond the Bridge. We hope you will join Samantha and next week's guest for more eye-opening ways to connect to the universe. Until next week, peace and love.